a lot of people have been asking deep existential questions about who am I? Do I matter? Does my work matter? Why am I even doing this? Welcome to Hardly Working, a podcast about how we can improve work, life, and everything in between. These are recordings from live conversations on Fishbowl, a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can join us live next time on the Fishbowl app. We have events every day. All right, let's get right into it. Hey, everybody. This is Gabriel Boche, and I am joined here with Brian Boche, who is my business partner, life partner, hubby, co-author on all things purpose. So welcome to today's bowl, guys. Today, we're going to be talking about how to decide when it's time to leave your job, when it's time to leave your job, and what an important topic, especially now when we've got so many folks who are considering what's next. You're considering, do I want to stay at this job? Do I want to go out on my own? Do I want to change industries? So you are in the right place. If you are considering what's next, if you're just exploring or even curious about what else you could be doing, perhaps you've already started the search. Maybe you're side hustling. We talked about that in our bowl last night. If you guys missed that, it was so much fun where we talked about how to start a a side hustle and replace your corporate income before you quit. So today is really for you if you're looking for clarity. And frankly, if you just want to kind of a system to think through what you should be doing next. I think a big reason that we get stuck is we don't know how to think about what's next. We don't know what questions to ask. We don't know what direction to go. And so we just end up kind of in this spin cycle. So how today's, uh, or I guess tonight, depending on where you're at, um, how the bowl will go is we'll start off just by kind of sharing some strategic tips and questions to ask during our time. We'll open it up for Q&A at the end. As always, if you have questions, you can go ahead and raise your hand and we'll bring you up and we'll start the discussion. That's what this is all about. That's why we love being a part of the Fishbowl community is it's all about creating conversations. So we want to make sure that we are answering your questions as well. So I'm going to throw it over to Brian and I want to ask you, what are some of the mistakes people make when they're considering whether they should stay or they should go? Well, uh, the first one, and we definitely touched on this last night if you were with us, and I have, an, I have a feeling that this bowl is going to be very, very popular, <laughs> seeing how many people are jumping into this one. And of course, I think this might fit with the great resignation trend, um, that this one we, would be a very popular uh, discussion. Um, and I think maybe even before I get to the mistakes, it's just like put some context on this. You know, uh, we, we're going on two years uh, under uh, under pandemic here. Um, very frustrating time. A lot of people have lost jobs. Some people have kept jobs and probably super grateful for that. Um, but one thing that I think isolation has done and a lot of work from home has done is put us in a place where we've had to consider things that we've kind of pushed down for a long time and, you know, seeking answers to those deep questions. I've found that a lot of people have been asking deep existential questions about who am I? Do I matter? Does my work matter? Does what I do matter? Why am I even doing this? There's a lot of deep questions going on because of the nature of how work has been over the last two years. And it's really prompted, especially the work from home thing. You really can't unring this bell. This work from home thing has given people a sense of the freedom and flexibility that could come from uh, going to things like flex work and working from home or even becoming an entrepreneur to give them that freedom. And uh, this has been a um, 
an incredible crossroads of all of those things. And so the context is very, very important. And I think it's been good in the sense that people are asking deep questions. And, you know, I've talked to hundreds of people just in the last, um, you know, well, actually, Gab, you and I've talked to probably well over a thousand in just the last eight months through our research on this in particular. But people are seeking the deeper things. It isn't just about making money. Money's important. We all want to make more money. We all want to grow our financial opportunity, save for the future, all of that. But people are asking the deep questions like, can I make money but also be deeply fulfilled? Because a lot of us were kind of taught the classic paradigm of go to school, get a job, make some money, enjoy your life, set some aside for later, and that's it, right? That's all she wrote. But that's not the type of questions that people are asking today. Now they're asking things like, can I do something I'm passionate about? Can I do something that fulfills me? Can I do something that makes a difference outside of myself and my family? There are deep questions going on, and I just really want to acknowledge that context. And now to kind of move into the mistakes that people make when it comes to deciding to leave their job, and this is definitely something that we talked about last night, it's the, are you leaving something or are you going to something? One of the biggest mistakes that people are making today is simply leaving a job with no target or plan as to what's next. And certainly no target or plan as to what's next according to who they are and what their purpose is and what's going to fulfill them. And so the biggest mistake that we've been watching is people will leave and that gives them temporary relief from the frustration and perhaps the pain of being in something that you don't like only to have that pain and frustration return when you take on a new exciting opportunity that eventually isn't so exciting anymore because the honeymoon phase is over and you're, you know, back in the same type of job, uh, just under a different banner flag or company name. And so I think the, the big, big mistake that I think we'll spend some time on, uh, tonight is, is acknowledging that, you know, just leaving isn't the only thing you want to do. Uh, you want to be running to something. So I, I'm going to actually just start right there because I know, Gab, you have a lot of perspective on this idea of is it about leaving or is it about going to something? Yeah. And that's honestly the biggest question that we want to encourage you to consider is am I running away from something or am I running towards something? Am I running away from someone, whether it's a bad boss, a bad industry, um, a bad position? Um, and I'm, I'm running towards someone and that someone should be the people that you want to help. One of the biggest reasons that we don't love the jobs that we're at is because we feel micromanaged. We feel like we can't be ourselves at work. We feel like people are making decisions for us. We work really hard and it's not acknowledged or rewarded either monetarily or just with simple recognition. And, and there's frustration points that I think in all of our lives, no matter where you're at in your corporate journey, cause you to consider what else could I be doing? And that question is a very healthy question to ask. I mean, we've just changed so much as a society, Brian, you kind of just touched on it slightly. We've changed so much as a society when it comes to the role of employment in our lives. Whereas before it was very transactional. I come in and I work for you and you give me a paycheck and time off and, and benefits and, and then I retire and that's our relationship. But we are so far past the transactional form of employment. We're really, now it's transformational. Now, when you work for a company, you want to become a better person, not just become a better employee. And so the role and relationship of employer and employee has changed. Where now employers are, are offering um, scholarships for their employees and their employees' kids to go to, to college. They're offering mental health training and, and holistic life training and making sure that their employees are, are equipped to be um, homeschool parents um, if their kids aren't able to go back to school. There's just been such a shift. So 
the demand of employer has changed. Therefore, I think the expectation of employee has changed. So number one, consider what am I running away from something or am I running towards something? If you're just running away from something, you're going to find yourself in the same situation that you're at now, just with different geography. So focus on what is it that I'm running towards. Make sure that that towards is something that's aligned with your purpose. It's something that is going to fulfill you. And purpose is what you have inside of you to help other people. If you're not helping other people specifically, you're not going to find fulfillment because fulfillment is a result of helping other people with what you have. And so if you're really having a hard time being in a job or a role where you feel like it's not really fulfilling, you're not enjoying it, it's because you're not doing one of two things, typically both. Number one, you're not giving. You're not giving what you know. You're, you're, you're um, probably feeling used and it's not something that you feel like creatively engaged in that you're giving back what it is that you know. And number two, you're not growing. You have to give and you have to grow in order to be fulfilled in a role. The growing component of it is learning something new. So think about it. Think about the last time you, you started a job or a new position and those first few weeks, heck, those first few months, are invigorating. It's so fun. You're trying to learn the lay of the land. There's there's things that are unknowns. You're exploring. It's it's like the first time that you're at a theme park. You're like, I wonder how this works. And there's that that wonder that engages when you're in a new role. And then you start start to learn the ropes. You start to learn the ins and outs. You start to learn, oh well, if I don't really try that hard, someone else is going to pick up the slack. Or why would I try so hard when? I get paid the same or they're just going to ignore my advice or whatever it is. You fall into the rut of being comfortable in the role or the position that it's in. So you need to have one of those two, preferably both of those things going on that you're giving and that you're growing. And so that's the next component that we want to talk about. Number one, are you running away from something or are you running towards something? But number two, are you enabling yourself to find fulfillment? Brian and I have done this for long enough that we know that finances aren't enough. Finances are just compensation. Monetary compensation is just a reflection of the value you provide. Now you may say, oh my gosh, well, that's not true. I work way harder. They're underpaying me. I'm under leveraged. Absolutely. But that may be true, but it's because you're not able to clearly articulate your value which is why you may feel under leveraged or undercompensated and either at your role and another one. So finding that fulfillment piece is going to be really important as the other side of the coin on becoming independent financially. And that's going to be really important for you. So that's the second component of it is really understanding what fulfills you. And the better you're at articulating that, the more likely you're going to create that role or that position in that new job. A huge mistake people make is just wait for job opportunities to come up. They hit refresh a million times on LinkedIn, looking for new jobs or talk to recruiters. And it's like, you're trying to fit yourself into a different shape. It's like wearing someone else's shoes. It might look okay, but it feels weird. And that's oftentimes the case when you just go from job to job, hoping that the next one's going to work out is that you have Uh, you're really expecting the job to give you clarity rather than bringing the clarity you already have to the job. So those are kind of the three kind of elements that we want to talk about here this evening when it comes to really what is it that you should be considering when it's time to to leave your job. So Brian, for those people who are considering whether or not, and we talked about this last night, but if they're considering, I don't know if I want to start my own business or if I want to go and work for someone else, walk us through some questions to consider whether or not they want truly want to be an entrepreneur 
which is very sexy and everyone likes talking about on Instagram, becoming a life coach or real estate or Bitcoin or whatever? Or is it that they're going to be happier and more fulfilled working for someone? Yep. It's the difference between being an entrepreneur and entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, I own the business. I get the benefits of the ownership and the burdens of the ownership. And then the entrepreneur or the entrepreneur is the person who solves problems in the context of, of an organization or company in the context of a career. And um, there's this big myth today that freedom can only be had uh, through entrepreneurs or entrepreneurship. Um, but you can also meet a lot of entrepreneurs who feel very much imprisoned by the company they've started because it's, it's, it's grown to a point that they can't handle it or they haven't hired the right people to take things off their plate. And entrepreneurship can become just as much of a prison as you know working in a career. It's all how you shape it. Um, if something if, – if, uh, if security is very important to you, and I made this distinction last night, if security is very, very, very important to you, and what I mean by security in the context of this discussion is consistency in income and consistency in revenue, you can't always depend on – you know, uh, a paycheck because, you know, I think the pandemic taught us that it's very easy for people to get laid off, even at the best companies. But if consistency in revenue and income is very, very, very important to you, um, then entrepreneurship working in the context of another organization may be better than entrepreneurship. The second thing that I want you to think about, though, is before you decide to become an entrepreneur, I think you should ask yourself whether you like to be the creator of a vision or the builder of a vision. Do you want to be the creator of a vision or the builder of the vision? Builders of visions are, you know, I, they're kind of like chief operating officers. Uh, they're the ones that are going to put the systems strategy, the, uh, the systems and the structure in place to actually achieve the vision that has been uh, created. Um, it's like kind of the difference between perhaps CEO and COO. CEO is oftentimes somebody who should be in a position of vision and strategy, and a chief operating officer should be responsible for executing and carrying out that strategy. Do you tend to be more of the CEO type, or do you tend to be more of the COO type, the builder of the vision, not the creator of the vision? Or do you tend to be the creator of the vision? That's something that you should really, really ask yourself. The third thing that you should really ask yourself is we can't always exist in dream world all the time. We have to face uh, the, the practical contributing factors or elements of our life. If you are, let's say, if you're single, you're not in a committed relationship and you don't have children, you might be in a better place. Uh, to take something that others might perceive to be risky. Uh, you know, Gap, a lot of people say, you know, if you're going to go into full-time entrepreneurship, you should have like six months of expenses saved and all that jazz. And Gap, I don't think that we did that. Actually, I think pretty much we started our businesses with flat zero. <laughs> and so we were kind of- I think we started quarter. with negative. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, a negative quarter million in my case. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know- Shout out putting, to law school. Yeah, shout out to law school loans, right? So, and, and we were put in that place where we had to like punch ourselves out of the corner and create revenue because it was absolutely necessary. That may not be something that you would like to do, or that's not a situation that would drive you in terms of motivation. And so you have to think about the practical aspects of your life. At the time, we were uh, single and then soon to be married, but we hadn't started a family yet. And it was fine for us to take that kind of jump and just go for it. The worst that could happen is we just go get a job somewhere, especially in the economy we were in. But many of you may be in committed relationships and your decisions impact others. Or maybe you have a family and you need you know, benefits to take care of your family. And um, 
that has to be the third element that you consider, which is, okay, so if you need benefits and currently consistency and income, maybe you start a side hustle until it's like a baby giraffe and it kind of can walk on its own two feet and then you turn it into something full time. Or you think that for this current season of your life, you really do need to stay in a career and keep that consistency and monthly income. Now, what I want to say there is kind of a caveat, and it's the same advice that I give when people are considering taking a job for bridge income so they can go work on something else that they want to do full time. If you're going to keep a job for income or you're going to get a job purely for income, two rules. One, put a deadline on it. Put a deadline for decision. And two, make sure that you don't let that job take over every hour of your day. Protect a half hour, one hour, two hours every single day for you to work on getting clarity, not only on your purpose, but getting clarity on the opportunity that's going to be aligned with that purpose that when that decision day comes and the bridge income needs to end and you're going to step into that thing full time, you will have spent the time you were doing the bridge income thing, you would have spent time to actually get clarity on what you should do next and began, uh, begun to build it. Um, so those are the three factors you, you really need to consider uh, if, if consistency in, in revenue and income is very, very important to you, um, then a career entrepreneurship may be better. Mm-hmm. Second question, do you want to be a visionary or do you want to be the builder of a vision, the creator of a vision or the builder of a vision? And third, what do your practical circumstances uh, demonstrate to you that you need to consider in terms of your decision. And if you've got to hold a job for consistency and income and benefits, put a deadline on that and shoot for that deadline to make a change. Because sometimes what a job that you took for income temporarily ends up becoming a permanent solution, but you still don't like it even after five to seven years. Brian, thank you for kind of breaking down whether or not you should consider entrepreneurship or intrapreneurship. That's, that's a really important question. Another important question to consider is what really does most fulfill you? So one of the things I like to um, have our clients reflect on is what is the most fulfilled day that you've had at work? What is the most fulfilled day that you've had at work? And if you can reverse engineer what was going on. So think about number one, what types of projects were you working on? The most fulfillment you get is typically from the projects that it didn't seem like there was a clear solution. There was significant problem solving. There was an opportunity that you were like, hey, no one else is considering this. And you were having to come up with something that seemed impossible. The the greater the challenge, the more fulfilling the result. So what was going on um, at the time that you saw yourself kind of overcoming it and you found incredible fulfillment from that? Start to consider that when you're looking at what your next role can be, because if you focus on what was most fulfilling, like the types of problems that you were you were working on, were you working with a team or were you working solo? That's the next component. Who was it that you were working with? Who was it that you were serving? There's some key components if you can reverse engineer how you can create more fulfilling moments. Oftentimes, these moments just kind of come and go. We don't even notice that they're happening. And we're like, oh, that was a really great day. And we're on to the next. But if you take some time and reverse engineer, think about the most fulfilling presentation you've ever done, or the most fulfilling pitch or partner project, and what that looks like for you. Um, So go ahead and start to reverse engineer um, what it is that is most fulfilling for you. And you're going to start to be able to recreate that Um, again and again at your next role. 
And um, that's a, a key component for you to consider is what is it that's most fulfilling for me? So that way, when you go into a new role, you're not just sitting and reacting to the role and responsibilities that are handed to you. You have ownership. Because let me tell you this, why you're not fulfilled in, in your role right now is you don't feel like you have agency. You feel like decisions are being made for you. You feel out of control. You feel like the only thing that you can do to recreate control in your life is to quit. I know I've been there. I've been there multiple times where I felt like the career wasn't moving fast enough. They promised things that didn't really um, uh, pan out. I felt disappointed. I felt um, deceived. I felt like they were giving me things and promising things that they couldn't fulfill on. And I felt like the best option I had to really feel in control of my life again was to leave. And more often than not, when I left, I wasn't running towards anything. I was just running away from crappy pay and a mediocre boss. And, um, you know, um, but my experience was when I was considering, okay, what do I want to do next? One of the big questions I had to ask was, do I want to stay in this industry? And this is a huge thing that we're seeing. More likely, employees today will switch industries, not just switch jobs. And so you may be in an accounting firm or you may be um, in a particular industry like healthcare or you may be in a role like sales and you're like, I don't, it's not even that I don't like the job, I just don't like the industry. And before we used to stay in the same industry and just switch positions at different companies, now we're changing industries entirely. So there's this cross-pollinization of industries coming together, which on one side is a huge benefit. And on the other side, it really means that we're losing a lot of experts. And so if you can, um, this is bonus tip, everybody, if you can elevate yourself as an expert in your industry or in your role, you will get paid more and you will find more fulfillment. And I found this myself as I was working inside an industry that no one cared about my opinion. I was the newest, youngest, you know, least influential person in the room. I left the industry, wrote a book, became an expert, came back, and I was the one who, because I was then hired as an expert and as a consultant, my opinion wasn't just listened to, it was executed on. And I want to encourage you, if you're of that type where you were looking at how can I find more fulfillment and turn my ideas into action, um, creating an, an avenue for developing your expertise is really important. Now, you can leave the industry entirely and work for yourself. That's, that's a path that I took. You can leave the industry and go work at another organization that would then establish yourself as an expert and then come back in. But you're more likely to have influence over an industry from the outside in versus um, working your way up through the system, for example. And, uh, and so developing your expertise, which we hate call our, calling ourselves experts. We have this like this fear of imposter syndrome of like, oh, I'm not really that good or I, I don't really want to call myself an expert. If you were going into surgery and the surgeon came in and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but I'm not the expert, you would not let him cut into you because he doesn't have confidence in his skills enough to say he's an expert. So we call ourselves experts in things we actually have expertise in. We're not you know, making up expertise here, but we call ourselves experts so that the people who are going to hire us, either as employees or as clients, so that they trust the solutions we're providing. That's simply the case. You have to be confident that you have a solution and you can serve people better than the alternative. And that's the conviction that you need to step into this next season of, because if you're just looking to switch jobs to switch jobs, you'll wake up in six months after the honeymoon phase is over and you'll actually decide okay, now what do I want to do? 
and that what's next component where as humans we're constantly driven towards change. And so that change either comes internally or externally. If that, that change isn't happening fast enough, if we're not feel like we're moving towards something, if we don't feel engaged and inspired, then we'll start to create that change for ourselves. We'll start to upset the apple cart. We'll start to ask questions. We'll start to apply for jobs online or put our resume out there, put our feelers out there, start to network because we hate being stagnant. And so the alternative to that is if, say you are in a position and you say, you know what, maybe I don't want to quit. Maybe the role that I'm in, there's some elements here that I don't enjoy. How do I stay put and keep my sanity? There's a couple things to do. Number one is to consider what is it that you're learning right now? Every role that I took before I started my company, I would write down what is it that I wanted to learn right when I got there. I'd write it down and I'd say, this is what I want to learn. And typically it was one or two things. Maybe it was something about an industry. Maybe it was something about a position. Maybe it was a specific skill set. And then when I was done with that position, I would reflect to say, did I learn that thing? And what else did I learn? And sometimes it was learning some of the negatives, like how not to lead people, <laughs> how not to lead a sales team, how not to communicate. Sometimes the not to's are just as powerful because they're going to help you avoid some of the mistakes that you yourself have been become a victim of. So if you're going to stay, make it a learning project. If you create purpose to your pain, you're going to be able to, to grow from it versus just suffering from it. So if you're in a position and you need to stay there for whatever reason, whether it's the compensation, whether it's the benefits, maybe it's just not a good time right now, I'm, start to reverse engineer. What is it that I'm learning right now? What is it that I can um, glean from the situation? There's also to another decision-making tool that we use called the one degree rule. The one degree rule simply says, if something's connected to your purpose by one degree, do it. If it's not, then don't. So if you need five different chain reactions to happen for it to get to you to where you need to be, don't do it because those are too many things that you cannot control. If you're like, yeah, well, this could be a great position and I want to take it, but you know, then this person would have to quit. And then this person would need to be able to try this. And then, you know, actually then this needs to happen on like the third Sunday of November. You're it's, it's not actually going to happen. So make sure that whatever it is that you take is connected to your purpose by one degree. That one degree could be time. You have to be there for a certain amount of time. It could be one connection. It could be one skill set, one experience, one certification, but whatever it is, make sure that it's one thing that is keeping you or the, it's one connection that you need to achieve versus a number of connections that you need to, to try to put in order at the same time. Just eliminate some of the unknowns there. Yeah, I love what Gabrielle was talking about. It's this idea of maybe my job's not the issue. Maybe it's how I see it. You know, oftentimes we get what we see. So we need to take and, and, and look at our purpose, look at the best of what we've got, look at who we are and reframe how we see and reframe how we leverage our position and reframe um, how we get fulfillment from that position. Um, so I, I think that was really cool that you were talking about that, Gab. Um, trying to see if there's anybody else who have raised their hand. There you go. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you, man? Doing well. This is uh, my first time on Fishbowl, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Thank you. Uh, so one thing that I've been considering, so I, I actually really do enjoy my job. Pay, I, I think it's is fair. Um, one thing that has me considering is, you know, I got a lot of, student loan debt uh, my wife and I were trying to get a house and 
you know, when I look at other uh, job opportunities with that are looking for the skill set that I have, it it doesn't seem like it would be too hard to jump to another position that pays more. Um, but then the thought of leaving a job that I do enjoy, where you know I, I do have a good amount of of say, um, that's kind of preventing me from from leaving. I think it's uh you have to you have to ask yourself what you value. Mm-hmm. Um, the short term monetary gain to achieve a financial objective or fulfillment. So what's more, and you may be, you may be, you may face this choice, right? Um, do I, do I want fulfillment more or do I want home ownership more? And it's okay, by the way, if it's the second answer, but it's kind of like bridge income. If I'm going to take a job that where I won't have as much say, or maybe not as much fulfillment, but it's purely a money play. So I can step into home ownership or maybe another investment opportunity. Just make sure that you know that going into it and that you have a deadline to that play and perhaps return to a similar position that you're in right now, perhaps at the same company, if they'll have you back or at a different company uh, in similar position. But I think it's really important that we have to recognize that most of us make decisions on the basis of emotions. So it's really important to go into decision-making with logical decision parameters. Like this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. It's aligned with who I am. It's not aligned with who I am to have those decision parameters determined ahead of time. Um, so we don't do anything that's like knee jerk related to our emotions. Um, and, and so that's the advice that I would give is you really have to ask yourself what's more important. Is it going to be the fulfillment or is it going to be the home ownership? And I know not every decision is black and white, but sometimes you are forced to make a black and white decision. And if you stay in a job, here's what's really important. Purpose is the best of what you have to help others. Fulfillment is the result of helping others with your purpose. One of the benefits of fulfillment is intrinsic motivation. We're all familiar with alarm clock motivation, which is I've got to set this alarm to get up to go to the job that I don't want to go to because I don't like the people I'm working with. That's alarm clock motivation. Intrinsic motivation is I don't need the, the alarm clock because I absolutely love what I'm doing. Can't wait to get there. Can't wait to help the people. Can't wait to experience the fulfillment. Fulfillment produces intrinsic motivation. So if you go to a place where the say you have is less, the fulfillment you have is less, the uh, being in a position where you can leverage the best of your skills is less, you're going to see a decrease in your intrinsic motivation over time. And that actually, even though you made a monetary play by making that switch, actually may hurt your long-term earning capability because of the lack of your motivation and the lack of your productivity as a result of the lack of your motivation. So if you stay in the place where you're most fulfilled, most excellent, can leverage your skill sets, leverage your leadership skills, even though it isn't as ideal as the other financial play you could make, that fulfillment over time could be a better long-term financial play as well because finances follow fulfillment, but fulfillment doesn't always follow. Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Thanks for the question. Yeah, super good question. I would probably say too, um, sometimes I, I like to consider like the future state of where I'm at, like after achieving the thing, how I would feel about it. So, you know, if you're looking at, you know, you in six months or six years and you're in a position um, where you, in this instance, have taken a job making more money, maybe not as fulfilling, but also to you're now in your home is that going to be worth it for you? Or are you going to be disappointed and say, maybe there was another way? And so one big decision-making mechanism that Brian and I use is the, what's the worst that can happen principle, <laughs> which is, you know, you switch jobs, you um, make more money and you don't enjoy it, or you lose that job, or, you know, the house doesn't work out. So considering what the alternatives are and then committing to it. 
So Brian, can you actually talk through the photograph, um, that study around the, the photograph that we share in our book, The Purpose Factor? Because I think it's really yep. helpful yep. when considering how to make a decision and be happy. It's been a little bit since we turned in that final manuscript, so I'll try to do my best on this one. Uh, but it's, the, uh, it's essentially this. Uh, a guy is teaching a photography class, and he's also doing a study on the takers of the photography class. And they are assigned to take pictures of things that matter to them. Group one is told after they go through the darkroom developing process, it's traditional photography, not the iPhone photography with all the filters. Group one is told you can pick one. And if in three days you want, and, and then the other, the other photo, you're getting two photos. Uh, you can, you can pick one to keep and you have to leave one for as proof of your participation in the class. If after three days, uh, you don't like the photo you picked, you can come back and exchange it. That's group one. Group two was told, uh, you must pick one and you will never see the second photo of again, and you can never switch it out. And when they measured the overall happiness of the two groups, group number two that, that, that was told, you have to take one photo and you'll never see the other one again, rated that they were more happy than the group who had the perception of choice, right? That they could come back and they could switch it out. Um, those folks were actually less happy about the choice they make because you know, the, the ability to choose to change it out over the three days actually undermined the confidence in their. It's so interesting. And why I wanted you to, to bring that up is oftentimes when we are considering, should I stay or should I go? We then quit and then have FOMO. We have this huge fear of missing out of, oh, well, I could have stayed. And then I could have, I didn't realize that that VP was quitting and then I could have had their job or, oh, I should have taken that position because then I could have moved to Italy and worked with that team. And we have this FOMO attached to a future state that may or may not have happened. And that's what steals joy. That's what, why I think that, that study is so interesting is it actually steals your joy when you wonder what's, what else could have been versus being content with your decision. And so that's almost like a summarizing statement for each of you is, is for number one, realizing you have a choice. Oftentimes we feel like we don't have choice, we don't have agency, and we make decisions out of reaction versus intentionality. And so recognize whether you stay or you leave, you're still choosing. You choose to show up every day or you choose to put in your two weeks notice and never come back. That's a choice. That's number one. But number two, it's to choose to be happy and content with your decision. Every time that you're moving forward but looking over your shoulder, you're losing sight of the present moment that you're in right now. I know I've been there. I had such FOMO when it came to starting my business or changing jobs or, or moving. And I had rose colored glasses about the, the, the town that I was in before. And I enjoyed those coworkers and that commute. And, and finally, I had a friend of mine tell me one day, he's like, you really didn't like that job. You keep talking about it like it was the best job ever, but you didn't like it. You didn't like that town. You didn't like those coworkers. And I had created this rosy scenario because I felt like the past was somehow better than the current situation. And so we just want to empower you guys with, with the agency of choice. So whether you choose to stay or choose to leave, that that's a choice that you're willing to make and willing to live with. I think that's incredibly important. As always, we love continuing the conversation with you guys. We have a free community that we make available to you. It's called sevenfigurepurpose.com. The number seven, 
www.figurepurpose.com. It's a free community where we offer regular training on purpose discovery, application, becoming an expert. I think we're doing a training on how to write a book this week. So we're really passionate about empowering people to really understand what's next for them by getting clarity for now. So if that sounds good to you, come hang out with us at sevenfigurepurpose.com. Uh, Brian, I'll shoot it over to you if you have any kind of departing words to summarize. Yeah, the other thing I would say, too, is I know many of you, in addition to what Gabrielle just talked about in terms of the sevenfigurepurpose.com, the group that you can come hang out with us in, if any of you are like really intensely, actively considering making a change in your career, going to entrepreneurship full-time, or making a career change to find something that's more in alignment with who you are, and you really need to chat somewhat, chat with somebody, um, honestly, just throw open your LinkedIn, connect with us on LinkedIn, and then, you know, throw us a message, maybe type the word purpose or something like that in there, or just let us know that you connected with us on Fishbowl. And we'll, we'll definitely, we'd definitely love to chat with you. Um, so if you're actively going through something and you're really struggling on, on determining what's next for you and what's going to bring you the most fulfillment and the most financial opportunity, whether through entrepreneurship or otherwise, yeah, honestly, just send us a message too. Uh, we'd love to chat with you as well. Really, really good point. Well, as always, guys, we absolutely love hanging out with you guys here on Fishbowl. We do regular bowls. We've got them lined up pretty much every week for the next few weeks. So stay tuned for when our next session is where we jump on. We talk about all things purpose. Um, we love answering your questions and helping you guys figure out what's next. Because if you guys are anything like we were, no one gives you a tool set on how to make decisions or figure out what's next. So that is our pleasure to be able to provide you with questions, a, a toolkit and a context to really consider what's next for you and get clarity for now. So thanks so much for hanging out with us guys and stay tuned for the next bowl. That's all folks. Thanks again for listening to Hardly Working. Join us live next time and talk directly to the speakers and who knows, end up here. Fishbowl is a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can download Fishbowl on the App Store or Google Play. If you want to host a Fishbowl live event, get in touch at live at fishbowlapp.com. See you soon!